team for leading us this morning. So good to have them involved and uh, part of leading uh, this morning. Grateful for them. And uh, on this Family Sunday, what better way than for all of us to be able to participate together. So we are in this series on the church. We've looked at Jesus as the cornerstone. We've looked at the fact that with Jesus as the cornerstone, Peter says, that we also are living stones being built together into the church. Today, we want to talk on Family Sunday about the church as the family of God. If you have a Bible, you can open with me to the book of 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John. So at the end, you have Revelation, Jude, then 3rd, 2nd, 1 John, if you work your way from the end. Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, 1 John, 1 John 3. That's where we're going to begin. We're going to look at a couple scriptures this morning. There are sermon notes that are in your bulletins, as well as for the kids, there's activity sheets and notes uh, for them to be able to participate as well. We want to look this morning at the family of God, the church as the family of God. So as we would do that, I want to begin with a question. Anybody know who won the World Series in 1979? The Pittsburgh Pirates. Do you know what the theme song of the 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates was? We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Disco music. Watch this video. It's about a little less than three minutes long on how We Are Family became the theme song of the 1979 World Series champion Pittsburgh Pirates. Watch this. In the National League East, Pittsburgh fans keep waiting for a pirate blastoff to get them back in the race. But so far, only tempers have exploded. Like Big Dave Parker, none too thrilled that the Bucks trailed Philadelphia by nine games. At first, it didn't look like the 1979 season was going to work out too well for the Bucks. The Pirates were never a fast-starting team. Well, in 79, we kind of got off to the same slow starts that we always did. But everything seemed to change one night in June. We're in the disco generation at that point in time. We Are Family happens to play over the, the uh, speaker system at Three River Stadium. We were sitting on the bench together, and Willie uh, said, uh, you like that song? And the Kobe said, yeah. He said, well, we're going to make that team song. It kind of uh, was an inspirational, inspirational thing in terms of how people can live. We can do it together. The song I wanted that year was uh, Ain't No Stopping Us Now. But when Willie wants something, Willie gets it. We are it's all over, and the Bucks have won it. All of a sudden, we took off. The Pirates won it. They've won eight of their past nine games. Family. We are family, and that's the best way to explain it. They all really pull together and root for each other. By early August, the Pirates had climbed into first place in the National League East. The Buccos have done it. How about it? And the Bucks family was the talk of Pittsburgh and well beyond. They seemed to have a lot of fun. It looked like they were having parties in the dugout, you know? 
All of a sudden, Sister Sledge became the song in the entire city of Pittsburgh. It was on all the time. That means the song's corny, but you just kind of roll with it. I think the Pirates made Sister Sledge. Oh, my goodness. It, it was crazy because uh, was we were on tour. That was an awesome feeling. Uh, that yeah. was an awesome feeling. We happened to be in Germany. We were driving, and I said, wait, turn that up. We really couldn't understand exactly what they were saying, but they kept saying we were family, and we were hearing the song. We got to the hotel, and I grabbed the International Herald from the desk, and they had the whole story. Ah, oh, Pittsburgh Pirates, we're family. Parker. Sargell. I mean, everybody was in the paper. Our song was like, <gasps> what does this, this mean? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now you know. Do you hear what happened? From a team that was eight or nine games out of the lead, finding a rallying point. And what was the rallying point? Not nobody's going to stop us. It was we are family that became the theme song that made it an international sensation that even today you hear the song and you can sing along with it we are family there's something about family that has power something about family that brings unity that brings encouragement that brings strength that allows things to be accomplished together that would not be able to be accomplished on our own it's about family, and the church is about family and a family that is on mission together. And so on this Family Sunday, we want to remind ourselves that there is another name for the church, and that that name is the family of God, which means that we together are family, the family of God together. So let's look in Scripture. We want to see in Scripture this idea of the family of God as another way to understand the church. Three places in Scripture we want to look at first. The first is 1 John 3, 1, that we are God's children. We are God's children. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, John says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. We are God's children. John affirms the love that God has for his children. God the Father loves. How great is the love the Father has. It is a great love. And John describes this great love that he has for his children in that he lavished his love on his children. What does lavished mean? How many like cake? How many would be happy with a cake that had a very, 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 very thin layer of frosting. Wow, that blew my illustration out the window. How many would prefer cake that had frosting that was that thick? All right, they win, definitely, they win. Lavished is not just this little itty bitty 
small smear of frosting. Lavish is putting it on and smothering it. And then when you think there is already a lot, then there's more that's put on. And, and to be honest, I would be with those who would say, give me just a little bit because the sweet makes me go crazy. But sometimes you just need not just a little sliver, right? You need lavish amounts. You need it poured on thick. You need it over and over and over the top amount. And this is what it says about God's love, how great God's love is for us, that he has called us his children and made us his children. He has lavished, he's poured his love on thick to us in making us his children. We are the children of God. See, we needed to be made children because the bad news is that all of us are born outside of the family of God. All of us are born not as the children of God, but as the children of the devil. That's a hard word. That's bad news. But God has done good work. And the good news for us is that God has sent Jesus so that we could become the children of God. Because we are the children of God, we then become the members of God's household. So, second scripture to turn to is the book of Ephesians, to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul the apostle is the writer, and he is telling the people in this church in this city called Ephesus about how they were once outside of God's family. Once they were aliens and strangers. They, were, they didn't belong to the nation of Israel. They didn't belong to the family of God. But that God had sent Jesus, and Jesus became the one who came, and he knocked down all the things that kept Jews and Gentiles apart. All the things that kept the Gentiles outside of the family of God. That God sent Jesus to be the one the good news to bring us into the family of God. So that he says in verse 19, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with God's people, the Jews, and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. The first message was about Jesus as the cornerstone built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And in him, the whole building, the whole building, the church, the family of God is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul is saying that there was once a time when all of us were outside of the family of God, but now he has brought us in, and he's not only made us his children, he's made us members of his household. See, when you belong to the house of God, not only are you children, because you could be a child not living with your parents, you are brought in, and you live in God's house. The idea of household the original hearers would have understood as a place to belong. How many like to belong? 
How many like on the playground for people to be able to come and say, hey, come play with me, come be part of our group? How many of you, if you're in the workplace or you're in a, a restaurant and somebody says, hey, would you come join me at my table? Would you have lunch with me? How many love to belong? Nobody likes to be outside, but God has done this amazing thing of not only making us his children, but of bringing us into his house, his home, where we belong. And when we belong in God's house, when we belong in his family, everything that God has, he says, it's yours. I give it to you. I'm a good father who loves to give my children good gifts. I'm gonna care for you. I'm gonna provide for you. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna protect you. I will be with you. We are part of God's household. We belong to his family. So the children this morning picked a lot of the songs, right? Anybody notice what those first two songs were about? You say who God says we are. We are his. We're his children. And I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Even on my worst day, I'm a what? I'm a child of God. How many of us know that the kids don't get a junior Holy Spirit? They get the same Holy Spirit that we do. We didn't plan that. These scriptures that talk about the family of God and talk about the children of God and us being children, these are things that God has already set out for us thousands of years ago and before time, these truths and realities. And God used those kids to pick those songs because they fit perfectly in this message to drive home the reality for all of us that we are the children of God. Even on our best day and our worst day, it doesn't change the fact that God has lavished his love on us and brought us into his family, into his house, and we're his children. And that makes us a family, a family of believers. If you're in Ephesians 2, just go back one or two pages to Galatians 6, verse 10. Galatians 6, verse 10. That says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The family of believers. Paul identifies the children of God who belong to, in the household of God, and in that house is his family. Changes the way we should look at church. That's not something that is just this building. It's not something we go to on Sunday mornings. It's not children's church only that we attend. The church is the family of God. And so all around the world, there is this gigantic family of people who have trusted Jesus as their savior and have been brought into God's family. But here in Dorseyville, this family, this local family, a family of believers together, his children, members of his household belonging to God's house, a family, a family of believers. In family, we want to talk for a few moments about what that means. In family, two quick observations for us. In family, everyone is valued. In family, everyone is valued. 
Everyone is honored. Everyone is valued equally in family, grandparents, parents, children. All are valued. You know, we live in a world that tends to put value on what you are able to do. For all the DA kids, as you grow up, you're going to find them. You may even find it at school these days. But we tend to reward and value those who can produce more. The people that get paid the most money are the people who can do the most important work. Now, in a world that kind of makes sense, if you are, have more responsibility and you can produce more, then you're going to get more as a result of it. But in the family of God, everyone is valued, not based on what we can do and what we can produce, but based off of who we are. We are the children of God, in the household of God, the family of believers. You know, we talk a lot about how life is valuable. Life is sacred from when a child is conceived in their mother's womb, life is valuable, life is sacred. All the way to the point where life is valuable and sacred to the moment that a person passes from this life into the next. Visiting family of Joe Mahon as he was in his last days here on this earth before he passed into the presence of Jesus this morning, the family was so encouraged by how well those who were caring for him, how, how wonderful the care was that they gave, how they honored him, how they valued him, how they made sure that he was comfortable at all times, that it wasn't, oh, there's that guy, that they valued him until his very last breath. And friends, that's the way family should be. That's the way God has created us, that we all have value from the youngest to the oldest, not just those who tend to produce the most. Job says in Job 12, 12, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? In the family of God, we value those who are in the older generations. We honor the contributions that have been made in the past, and we look to you for the wisdom and for the understanding that you have gained over the years. In family, the grandparents, both in the family of God and in the nuclear family, the barren parents are looked at, what should we do? You've been there, you've seen so much. What have you learned in life? What wisdom and understanding can we gain from you? What have you learned in your walk with the Lord? There's wisdom and understanding, and so we value the older generation. We value in the working generations the zeal and the energy that is brought and the contributions that are made. Every generation has a time when they are at the peak of their contribution, and so we honor those. We honor the hope and the passion and the ambition of youth and of young adults 
and we see the zeal and we see the commitment and we see how much hope they have for the future and it spurs on hope for us as well in other generations. And we value and we treasure the joy in the faith of the children. That the kids are not just off someplace and the youth are not just off someplace but that the children and the youth as we've seen this morning are very central to the family are just as valued and just as important as other generations we're reminded how much we have as older ones to learn from the younger ones because Jesus said I tell you the truth unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That there is a reality of childlikeness that we need to learn and we need to be reminded of in the faith and the humility and the childlikeness of our children. That every generation, every group is valued equally, not for what we can, can do and what we produce, but because of who we are as the children of God who are members of God's household as a family of believers. A second application, and this is where we'll, we'll wrap up this morning. A second ap- application, in family, everyone's valued, but also everyone participates. Everyone is valued and everyone participates. John Wimber used to say, in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, everyone gets to play. (laughs) Everyone gets to play. There are no members of the family, there are no members in the kingdom of God that sit on the bench. Everyone gets to play. I love on Family Sunday how we get to see that everyone gets to play. From the ushers to those who are running tech, to uh, those giving announcements, to those leading singing, everyone gets to play. And in families, families that are on a mission, family work together for a common goal. And everyone has responsibilities. In a family, everyone has a responsibility. The family works together. The family of God works together for the ultimate goal of bringing glory to God. And we do that by building each other up and encouraging each other. And the family believers in Galatians, Paul said, do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So glorifying God by building each other up in the faith and by bringing others into the family. How many know that the family of God is not a closed family? All right. How many know that the family of God is not a closed family? Yeah. There's always room for more being brought into the family. And God's heart is that all those who are yet outside of the family of God would be brought into the family of God. It's the mission that we are living on together, that others would be brought into the family of God. All over the world and the large family of God, but here in Dorseyville, we should always be desiring, we should always be asking, Lord, 
Who are you working in around me that isn't part of your family yet that you are bringing, you are drawing by your spirit into the family, that you want them to become your child as well, a member of your household, part of the family of God. So everyone participates in that from the oldest to the youngest. And everyone in that family has a role to play. If someone is struggling with their role, or if you look around and you begin to see there's some stuff that's missing and there's some things that aren't getting done in the family. In family, we don't say, hey, whose job is that? Who's not doing their job? We say, how might I be able to pitch in? How might I be able to fill in that gap? Imagine in the family, if mom got sick. And let's say mom was the one who did the laundry or cooked the meals because maybe dad wasn't as good of a cook. What would we say? Well, mom's sick, she can't cook. Guess we're not gonna eat tonight. Right, that's what we would do. Mom can't do it, so we're not going to do it. Or would we say, how are we going to figure out what to do? How are we going to get something for dinner tonight? What are we going to do? I think we would all in a family figure out, oh, are we going to order pizza? Or what do we have? (laughs) Or what sandwich meat is there? What can we do? Just because the person who does it best isn't able to do it at the moment, doesn't mean we just say, well, guess it's not gonna happen. But isn't that somehow how, sometimes how we operate in the family of God? We may look around and we may say, well, that's not getting done, but that's not my job. That's another person's job. What would happen if we saw something in the family not taking place, and instead of being why isn't that getting done? Or who can I talk to to get that done? What if we said, something's not being cared for in the family? What if I figured out a way to take care of it? That's how family should operate. Looking around and saying, what can I do? Too often in family, we are critical of what isn't instead of stepping into what isn't, to say, how might I be a part of doing this work? All are valued. All participate. There may be different levels of participation and different ways that we participate, but everyone in family is needed. Everyone participates because we are family. We're a family on mission. You may have heard me share in the past about my grandparents and about this picture, this painting that they had in the kitchen. And this painting was of all of our family. My, parent, my grandparents had two gardens. They had a smaller garden in the backyard of their house. And then they had about an acre of property outside of town that they had this garden and they would work in this garden and they would produce tons and tons and tons of stuff. But there would be Saturdays where 
all of our family, extended family, gathered at the garden. So it would be my dad and his two brothers and his sister, their spouses, and then all of the grandkids, and we would all be there. And in that picture, every single one of us is at work. My grandfather is on the rototiller, and I always thought it was hilarious because his shirt is not buttoned. It's like flying open. So there he is, kind of bare-chested, flying open with his shirt flying. I always thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world as a, as a young kid. And my grandmother was in there, and every single person was represented in this picture. My brother was there, and he's sitting in the pumpkin patch, just kind of sitting there in a diaper. It's, it's, it's the best thing ever. But I love that picture because it represented family on mission working for a goal together. And then when we were done for the day, we would come back to my grandparents' house and there would be a gigantic meal. Many of the things fresh out of the garden, but there was always something for me where my grandmother would say, hey Mark, can you go down into the cellar and can you get this? Because all those things that they grew during the year, what they didn't eat fresh, they would can. And so there was always something that needed to be brought up from the cellar. And my job as the little one that I was, go down into the cellar and can you get me a can of this and a can of that? There were others that she would say, hey, can you peel the potatoes? There were others who were setting up the table maybe helping my grandfather do something to get everything ready for this meal of the 16 or 17 of us that would gather around that gigantic dinner table. But you know what there never was? There never was someone sitting around saying, hey, when's lunch ready? Everyone was pitching in. Everyone had a job to do. And there was never a job that someone would say, that's not my job. If grandma or grandpa said, can you do this? Sure, I'll do that. Because it was family. And the joy that would come in those gatherings and the fun that was had and the memories that were made as family was together. Friends, brothers and sisters, spiritual parents of mine, we are family. We're family together. Everyone is valued in the family. And everyone participates. I'm so grateful for that visual and that active participation of the kids this morning. It shows us that everyone, everyone in the family is valued and everyone participates. So may we be encouraged this day to begin to look around more. What's going on in the family? How are others in the family feeling? What does it look like for me to do good? What might there be for me to step in? It's a joy to be able to live life with all of you as family together. May the Lord continue to build his family here in Dorseyville for the mission that he has for us working for his glory. Amen? So Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters